you're listening to Strange Fruit. So sit back, grab a beverage, as we kick off these topics that deal with black lives on a day-to-day basis. You know, the things that you like to say, but you can't say? Well, that's what we're here for. Many people of faith in the U.S., particularly evangelical Christians, regard President Donald Trump as an ally in the White House. But only 27% of voters think Trump is himself religious. According to Politico Morning Consult tracking poll released Wednesday, 17% in the survey said that they somewhat agree that Trump is religious, and another 10% said that they strongly agree that he is. 55% did not agree, 14% saying they somewhat agree, 41% said they strongly disagree, and 18% said that they didn't know or had an opinion otherwise. Among voters who identified as Christian, 34% thought the president is religious, and 12% of them strongly agreed that he was, and 50% stated that he was not. So I don't know what we want to make out of that. I'm Bishop Green. I'm Adrian Neely. And I'm Nikki Brooks. And we want to go ahead and start out uh, on the part two of the embrace of the uh, uh, Trump evangelicals, uh, where uh, last week we were speaking on basically his his, uh, go-to and the reasons why they're clinging to him. We also uh, mentioned uh, uh, former, uh, not former, uh, evangelists that support him and and basically are uh, misleading, um, you know, their flock. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Adrian, uh, if you want to go ahead and continue from where we were at and we can kick this thing off, because I I know you want to get real quickly uh, (laughs) to Mr. Parsley, but uh, we'll get to that. We'll definitely get to that. So go ahead. Well, well, y'all gave me a chance to cool off before we really talked about any of this. Like, so I'm better. I'm better than I was yesterday <laughs> when, when, when I saw it. When, when Nikki shared it, um, I'm, I'm much better. Uh, so we won't. I guess I won't start on him. I think I'm having a really. This has been the past couple of days has been really a, a weird time, as like like the rest. Of 2020 hasn't, I guess, or shoot, since about 2016, everything's been really strange. But um, I've been having a very hard time this week because uh, there was a young man who was hung in California, and it turned out I didn't even know about the man who was hung on the 31st, and then uh, then a guy hung himself in Houston, or not hung himself. I don't think any of these gentlemen hung themselves. And well, um, even though they ruled them as suicides, and that's that that goes to I guess the thing that really bothers me is since 2016 and since all of this has been going on, I'm trying not to pop my peas or or have siblings all over the mic today. But since all of this has been going on, I feel like uh, the mental gymnastics that people have been the, the hoops and, and in this case it's definitely not black people because we're all suspicious <laughs> of, <laughs> of all of these things like and and so I have a hard time with all of these conversations because 
um, I try to be very careful because there are white people who will say by saying white, you're being racist. And I'm like, no. And, and I was talking about this with someone, white people that I know don't all of the racial racist epithets that you would think like the N word obviously gets to us, right? right? When it's used by someone else and words for my Latinx friends and for my Jewish friends and for my Indian friends, there are words that are trigger words for them. White people <laughs> themselves have told me that if you throw one of those words for white people at them, they're funnier than they are upsetting. <laughs> right? Uh, several white people have told me that. Like, man, that, that's a funny name to me. And I think the power is taken away from those words. I got to be careful when I use words like power. Um, so I don't pop these peas, but the power of those words is not as it, 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 there's no power behind it because there's no there's never been like oppression behind it. Right. And mm-hmm. and so. When I have these, but when I say white or when you call someone a racist, they get upset like we get upset with the N word. And. I feel like the problem with these discussions, at least from the perspective of being heard and being understood, is that there's that level of defensiveness that they automatically engage in. Yes. Um, that won't let them see what's right in front of our face, their faces. And then we get angry because we we're like let the progress conversation progress. Exactly. There's it there's no and and, and there are conversations that I've had which are exact and the things that they accuse black people of are exactly the things that they do in all of these other conversations that the people that are are not all white people, but the people that are arguing these things with me, the things that they do in the conversations, the things that people do when they're trying to make us understand that, that uh, the rebel flag is about heritage, or they're trying to make me think that Trump is a Christian, or they're trying to make me, um, think that racism isn't a problem morgan freeman was wrong don't throw him in my face like um <laughs> the, the all of these all of these things that that they try to it, it just requires a level of mental gymnastics that i don't that i have a hard time with in these discussions because you will have the discussion and you're making salient points and then it's still this like like and this being the recent example, these all these black people being hung and like black people, all all of them are suicides. And we're early in the investigation. They're, we're calling it suicide. Yeah, doesn't exactly. you know exactly. some rotten, you know, um, rotten but in the milk. exactly. But I have you know I, I I've tried to spend less time on social media because it's a cesspool. But I. When you look at some of the discussions, they're like, well, mental illness and depression are real. And yada. I'm like, this is come on. And then they're like, mm-hmm. you guys have already made it about race. And I'm like, well, look at the time we're in. Can you can you take the context clues and put them together just this once? Well, in a, you know, I think that one of the issues is that a lot of the uh, the trigger words that um, white people have, their trigger words are often words that they made up as a counter to prevent mm-hmm. from being called out on certain behaviors. And it's like, it's like, um, for instance, 
the same thing that happened with Black Lives Matter and then All Lives and Blue Lives Matter is the same thing that's happened historically uh, when Black America begins to call out White America on bad habits and bad behaviors, especially whichever behavior is present at the moment. That is when there's an uprising of, well, okay, well, but this, well, then don't do this and don't say this. And so, you know, I think it's it's so funny that, um, you know, white people think that for them when you say white, it's offensive. And they also think that if you say black, that it's offensive. But I don't know any <laughs> black people who, or African Americans who have a problem with the term black. We don't find that term to be as offensive as um, as uh, people assume white is. And I think, you know, one of the things I also found out just through kind of working with NAACP, ACLU, and things like this, um, you know, I always say, I, the only way I can explain it is to use like this, it's not really an analogy, or, but I guess a story. I believe that the curse of anything, let's just say you a thief, the curse of being a thief is not that other people think that you are going to steal. It is that you lose the ability to believe that other people are 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 capable of honesty. You start thinking everyone is a thief. You know, you can put any kind of behavior in that that um that you want to. The curse of, you know, being a cheater is you start thinking everybody cheating. The curse of uh even on the opposite end of the spectrum, the curse of being a giver is you tend to start thinking that everyone's generous like you. And so I think what happens is that what a lot of the gaslighting, a lot of the um behaviors we've experienced from white America are behaviors that um they know deep down or not just behaviors, accusations. They know deep down that for instance, they have never relinquished terrorist, terrorist groups. They've never relinquished, you know, secret supremacist groups of any form. We've had Stormfront right around our nose, Patriot, uh, the Nationalists, the, all of these different names for supremacist groups. So when Black Lives Matter started, the first accusation was, it's a supremacist group like us. It's not. It's an adjective. You know, whatever. You know, what I mean? it's a phrase. You know, it's um, yeah. it's a thought. It's not uh, uh, before it was an organized effort. There was the accusation that it was terroristic in its nature when it really wasn't even an organization yet. It was just a little song on social media after Trayvon died. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think that um, that and, and I think what I feel now I feel like you know we will never progress into a true robust uh, place if we do if we're not able to navigate past all these verbal landmines that white America is sensitive to and that they really use they aren't sensitive to them they are the defenses that they use to gaslight and shut down from being called out on bad behavior gotcha I can definitely get with that because I feel like um, they're just, I just have, and I know we all have, so I'm not, I'm not gonna, well, I'm not gonna play the victim card. Um, but it just, I know that I'm having, I am having um, conversations with people capable of conscious thought and capable of putting two and two together and coming out with four. And so when I have these conversations, I think the maddening part of it is, and probably for you guys and for other black people or other Latinx or other LGBTQ people, 
during these conversations is any other time there are things that people would call out and and it would be they would get why something was frustrating if it wasn't this particular topic if it wasn't anything regarding this these things would be frustrating to them and i think i may have talked about this on the last podcast but one of the people who i had like a really it was heated on this person's end because i kept saying things and then they would just dip out because they couldn't refute them Mm -hmm. and um and uh like that same person had earlier posted something about people not wearing masks and how if you don't wear a mask you're selfish and you're a terrible person and it doesn't make any sense why you don't wear a mask um when people it's shown that it, it does prevent the the droplets and all these things and and you're just selfish and so and a lot of the points they were making would be a point that on behalf of black people or any group, um, the effects of racism, the, the way they were making their points were yeah. very similar to the way we make our points. Yeah. And I was just like, so in this case, you are applying logic. Two plus two is four. There's a cause and effect. You see all these things that we're taught <laughs> in in school, but the moment I tell you that slavery has has ramifications throughout history and not just during slavery. Like once we were free, there was still damage being done yeah. throughout that process. Somehow that's not the same. And I think my level of frustration with that has reached like kind of this fever pitch. Like I, I am like, I, there's when you try to fight it with facts and now we live in fact free America facts don't matter <laughs> alternate facts um yeah you know that alternative facts I I have had so many discussions and then <laughs> so much so much so that black people believe a lot of this stuff now like I talk to black people yes. and they, they they will equivocate for for Donald Trump and they will equivocate for uh like and I don't know why I do these things. I don't know why I engage because I'm like, no, 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 don't do it, agent. They're stupid. And then I just, no, I can't take it. And I do it. And then yeah, they're like, well, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I pay, I pay in peace of mind. Like I pay in, I pay in, in, hey, baby, let's go. I need brown liquor tonight. That's how I pay. Like, um, <laughs> I pay. The bar is open. Yeah. The bar is open. open. Yeah. I'm, and I'm just in the kitchen like Isaac on the love boat, just like you make some I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna make some of this and I'm gonna do this and you know, uh, because I'm like I I was I was talking to a black person the other day and she was like, Trump did prison reform. I'm like, think about it. So oh, he, he, did he it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was like, he he did this. It, it was really a a, a a symbolic prison reform. But if you think about it, he's he's putting conservative judges. He's flooding the courts with the conservative, the lower courts with conservative judges yep. who will who will throw the book at any black person because the main thing you see in any thing where they they the in, in any case involving black people. Oh yeah, the entire book, several books sometimes. At, at black people and they're always like well we had to make an example but they they it's always the black person it's like like uh no black person like i was talking about this with someone once and i was like no black person will ever be able to have affluenza no matter how rich nope Ugh. that will never happen you'll never i was too i'm too rich to know Malika what i'm doing Sasha obama will not be able to have affluenza 
No, no, no. That affluenza never. that that doesn't ever, ever, ever. Like, so just uh, pray for me and 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 my brown liquor days because there there's been <laughs> pray. Well, well, speaking you know. of praying, all <laughs> let me go on and just ask you flat out: do, Does politics belong in the church? Should pastors and congregations seek to transcend politics, or is it just impossible or even illegitimate goals? I think it's what do y'all think on that? It does in America, it does because we live in a democracy and we do not, um, we should be influencing the land. If we want to get biblical, you know, technically, um, out of the two entities, the church and the world, we are the only one, the church that has the power to transact change in the other one because God says that it's my people who are called by my name. If we humble ourselves and pray, then mm-hmm. um, it's then that He hears from heaven. And then he heals the land. So technically, the church has a role uh, from a spiritual perspective in what takes place in the land. And that is Mm. set forth not just by that precept or that, you know, um, that scripture that is also set forth by example in the Bible as well. We see that played out where the people of God um, do a thing and they make a decision or they follow a directive or an order or they, you know, believe for something and then God moves in the land. And so, um, you know, I think that when we shy away from politics, we are out of order and out of place. Um, and mm. I think right now the church is really sold is sold for a 501c3 flavored pot of beans because even mm-hmm. the civil rights, the, the things that are attached to the 501c3, technically, you are an entity, you become an entity of the state, and then you um, cannot speak out against or you can be shut down. That is what happened here in Houston when um, the former mayor threatened to shut down many of the churches that were speaking about the um, the bathroom bathroom bill about transgenders, and she threatened to shut them down the way they were coming against her. And um, they put themselves in that predicament, uh, regardless of how I feel about what they were saying. They still put themselves in that predicament because that's what you do when you sign up for that. And technically, by nature. A, a church in and of itself is already tax exempt and tax free. It doesn't have to have a 501c3. The 501c3s really were mass implemented when Bush came in with the faith based initiatives where churches could get monies to do things. So I want money to build a gym. So I do a 501c3 and I'll tell everybody I, or I want I want to be eligible to get this faith based money to do more things, you know, within my ministry for the community. But I also am signing over that right to speak uh, or say anything about politics without risk. And that is why so many of your generals that we have in the faith that we consider to be generals, they are quiet as a church mouse. You can hear a rat pissing on cotton hmm. because they literally mm-hmm. are not saying a word about anything, but that's nope. because of the risk that is involved to their entire kingdom. If they speak up or say something, they can be shut down and crumbled overnight and you know we can't do it in my opinion you can i think god's doing it now but technically the whole civil rights movement was funneled through the black church on the on the low people mobilized through church because that was the only place that black folks could meet without interference of you know white america and so um, well, let, yeah go ahead no, that's well, it. I well, I mean, not, got, well you, you know yeah, well, I was just going to ask right there on that uh, on that on that point there. You think there's a difference like between being just political 
and being partisan. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, because I, mean, I think yeah, I do. Po- political, I believe, means that you you want to the way we view here in America, we, we we view political as being able to make change, being mm-hmm. able to make moves that make change, and so being able to make a move that that affects change in some meaningful way means that you have to engage with um you have to engage with certain aspects of society you can't just you you can't be completely out of the loop as to what's going on you can't voice not voice certain opinions you so that being political just means that you are um you you look at at yourself as having a position a status and that status gives you the ability of the platform to maybe make real effective change so i don't but when when it comes to saying something's partisan that means that you've gone as as they might say in the country whole hog (laughs) into like no you didn't no you didn't yes i did and so You you've basically bought whole hog into maybe one agenda or the other, as opposed to going with what what is right, what is what you know. Because it, when you want to make change, it should always be for the benefit of humanity. In my opinion, like I think it should be something that's beneficial to to people. You can't just yeah. jump in and, and and try to influence something because you yourself want power. And I think that's what we see a lot of times is it becomes partisan and it's about people having power and influence and being able to do with that power and influence what they want, whether it be right. to, en- to it, to enrich themselves or it be to uh, maybe gain favor with a, a particular community, a particular group of people, which then usually goes back to enriching themselves. You know, I, I believe that when things become partisan and and on both sides i believe that when it gets to partisan it means that i'm trying to gain a position it's not really so much about me trying to to affect change in a positive way it's about and that that really helps people it's about me getting what i want Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly because everybody's like in their corner uh, in these churches now, everybody's in their corners. They got their boxing gloves ready, you know, and and it's almost like a, a, a extra task on every Sunday. The preachers are now having to, you know, stress the fact that you know we 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 base ourselves upon our our faith and grace and mercy and hospitality, you know, and then you know they'll throw throw in love thy neighbor as thyself, you know. It's like they're having to do all this extra just to just to stress the issue that you got to go beyond politics and, you know, and you can have political like implications, but you know, you, you know, you got to keep your mm-hmm. faith and keep the core values of your faith, you know, but it, I've noticed in, in, in the church today, uh, it's like stressed. It's like, it's not even flowing. Sometimes it's, they're having to like push that now because everybody's like in their own, in their corner right now. You know, yeah. in the church, everybody's in the corner. You've already pretty much got your mind made up, eighty to ninety percent anyway. It, it's gonna take, it's gonna take that that Holy Spirit, that touch, you know, to get through to you. You know, but at the same time, you know, you you're there to receive a word, and you know, and when you hear it, you you know, you know. 
Um, so yeah. I don't know, man. It, it, that's just kind of where I, where I'm at with it uh, when it when it comes to you know po- politics in the pulpit. You know, you hear a lot of preachers, you know, telling you who to vote for and things of that nature. And I'm just sitting here like, you know. I don't I, think that's the thing. You know what I mean? I don't I, think that should happen. Yeah. I yeah. Don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think you I mean, I go to get the word. I ain't, I ain't going there to hear vote for Mayor Brown or Mayor mm-hmm. Green. And, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm well, there to get yeah, the word. And I think that's the, I think that there's a thin line because you also have those who come in and use the congregations, you know, and use the voice of, you know, pastors, you know, to, uh, and they use their influence to, get what they want from a political perspective um i just am not certain personally that the church should necessarily be completely silent on current events because and i can say this as you know uh being a part of having attended you know several multicultural you know uh congregations you know we were members at lakewood for a very long time um and even now we have a local UMC church that we go to um, that's a black church that is really right down the street. The main reason we switched our membership is just because with me traveling so much, I don't like Sundays being a chore. I want if I go oh, to yeah. church, I want in and out. You know, I don't want to be like, I can't deal with no five hours of what it takes for me to get to go to Houston, go to parking garage, you know, all of that stuff that we had to really do as far as Lakewood was concerned and um, not that it wasn't convenient, but I can say that there were times when things are happening that you are people are some of the hurt that we feel that we deal with comes from the current events and so when we go into the church you know just like if somebody's going through something in their marriage or something with their kids sometimes we in the church and you know the pastor's like, you know, I know you're probably dealing with this with your families and blah, blah, blah. But God, that that's soothing and that's comforting and that's right on time. And my thing is that if God can give me a right on time word because, you know, me and my husband had real, you know, we've been having a real bad argument or I'm dealing with something at work. How come it seems that God never got an on time word about what's going on? What's impacting mm-hmm. me? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, about George Floyd, you know, what I'm saying? there's no yeah, God. word about that. There's no one-time word about Trayvon Martin, right? God and didn't I couldn't sleep for several nights because of that. Mm-hmm. Lots of people right. couldn't. I ain't saying you right. gotta get, you know, there there was no on-time word about the election, and I think everybody on what what was the day after the election, November um November what is it, November fifth of two thousand. 16 of 2016 that was the craziest day that was the most surreal week everybody woke up like dude what in the world yeah. brown and liquor Trump week was president brown liquor week brown. man that was yeah, no that joke was brown liquor yeah week. that was yeah brown yeah liquor week that was crazy <laughs> i mean i remember i was working in austin at ebay at the time and um got up Man, there were so many people. Like nobody got any work done all week. Um, every group. I mean, people were wearing their Obama shirts. People were looking at one another as if we had just witnessed the worst atrocity. People didn't know. People were looking at you to comfort you, but also needing comfort themselves. 
it was ridiculous. Everybody was shook by it. Oh, I, I can. We were shook. I can attest to that mm-hmm. most definitely. I have never had a flood of phone calls, messages, texts. Um, people were DMing me, and then at the same yeah. time, people are trying to call, and at the same time, people are texting. The same time, um, you know, as an educator, you have people who will come and they'll they'll look at you like my students yeah. just like my students wanted to. They wanted to come and sit in my office. I was like, leave the door open, but yeah, you come sit down, and yeah. we wouldn't even we wouldn't even say anything to each other. We'd just be like. And then former students who you can't, you know, I, you know, I, I still keep track of them and what they're doing. They would, you know, their message, especially. I'm I had, sure I, they I'm were very... reaching to you to see what you have to say. Oh yeah, because and I'm... so how much more are people in the pulpit? Nobody had oh. anything to say. We just oh, skim right past this. Like, and hold on, man. You I have know, a like... <laughs> large population of Latinx students and former Latinx students, and we were close. You know, they, I just love those kids. They were really sharp kids. They they did their thing. And I remember one of them messaging me like, Mr. Neely, what's next? Like, I'm, you know, they, they were all like, I'm actually scared. Like, I'm concerned. <laughs> and, and, and I'm more scared now. I'm, I'm yes. scared at the level of unhinged. I see. I'm scared of the vitriol. I have a, a family that I love that, that is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I have friends who I love dearly. Um, and, and it's not just, I have a conservative friend who I spent some time with recently. And he was like, and he's told me before, he is like, Adrian, this is not us. This is not what we are. I, you know, I and he just and, and then we had another talk and he was just like, I I hate to see this. This is and, not what I hate this. And, you and know? Henry, can I caveat to that? One of the reasons that I'm actually terrified right now is that those same friends, those same people in those groups that said, this is not us. This is not us. This is we can't believe this. We don't know how he got in there. Mm. Those same people uh, are actually, some of them are just now halfway waking up with the George Floyd thing. Mm -hmm. Some of them are still not woke with it. So that gives me just a level of distrust that increases the amount of distrust that I have because I go, wait a minute, if you can't see that, then how do I know that you're telling me the truth about you? This wasn't you. I'm kind of going through that right now. Um, with some of, you know, my associations where, you know, what I'm seeing from them now is really negating everything that they've ever said because it's hard for me to disconnect the two. Yeah. Nikki, I'm here to tell you apathy is a cancer. Oh, okay? yeah. Oh, Straight yeah. up. A- a- apathy is a cancer. And when you keep uh, brushing it under the rug from the 60s, thinking we, we've arrived because we, we got a black president you know, but it, it took the most polished one you could find to to get there. I mean, man, we thought they we arrived, but, but I'm trying to tell you, they blame him for for you know all of this racial tension. It wasn't him uh, that was doing it. It was what was within the, the the person that they were sitting there holding 
all that time. I mean, yeah. holding all that in. Mm-hmm. And when the right. fire got burning, when the when the pot was was on fire, and then all those sediments at the bottom of that port of that pot, excuse me, it, it it all surfaced. See, and that's the thing. Whatever's in a person's gonna come out when you get them heated. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it you know, and so that's that's what it is. You know, it's like this: Republicans and Democrats right now. Neither one is being fully Christian. Neither one is embodying the uh, Christ values fully. I mean, come on, not fully. No, I no. mean, neither one of them. And and that's the problem. Right. That's the reason why you're hearing them tell you, you know, conservative uh, conservatives or uh, liberals are telling you, oh, no, that's not us. That's not us. Well, no, it is. It is. It's it is. Yeah, it's it's what's in you. You don't like it, and and you know, and so you don't want. You know, you don't want to embrace that. But, man, the only way we can get through this, as Germany has done, and they got rid of all them swastikas and all that stuff, man, they, they're, they're done with that. They made a huge mistake. They owned up to it. They've healed from it. But this country has never holistically healed because they haven't really embraced it up until now. You're kind of hearing it more so than ever. But, man, as you just heard, that parsley guy sit over here, <laughs> you know, how he how he jumped it out there and was like, hey, we just we just need to come together. Well, I understand no. that we do. But uh, you skipped a very huge gap. He didn't you skip know, it as so much as he was like, well, but that's OK. So we're on it now. Right. We're listen, man. <laughs> no, we're going to talk about this because it, it, this needs to be ready Because trust me, here. I got I got so many people. It was several people that inboxed me about it. And, they, you know, they was like, man, y'all need to talk on this, you know. And, yeah. and to our listeners out there, uh, I mean, feel free uh, to, to, you know, shoot a text, shoot an email. Let us know, uh, you know, what what your thoughts are on this, because, I mean, we get we get great feedback from you. We can build up on that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, let's talk about it because honestly, oh this goes this goes hand in hand with this. It really does. I have a lot to say. I have a lot to say. I think um, you know what? I'm gonna yield the floor. I'm gonna go yield first. the floor to Nikki. <laughs> I'm gonna yield the floor to Nikki because I'm oh. a. I might have to mix a drink. Um, <laughs> and well, well, he said a lot. He did. He said he, a lot. He well, did. You know. Um, there was so much he said, and maybe I'll work backwards. I'll start with the apology because that's the most recent thing that garbage um, that he said. It was he said, <laughs> uh, you know, slavery is a blight on the nation and the world. It's heinous. It's despicable. I I never attempt to defend it. And before I watched this apology, I said, you know what? If this man is acting like he's in tears, <laughs> then. And oh, when I cued that apology, I saw it. <laughs> I said, you know what? I just, you know, here, here's the thing. It was a lot of things in there that were an issue. Number one, his tears or his, uh, they weren't tears, but you know, his shaky voices if he'd been crying all night. Um, his apology mm. was textbook. Um, the other thing that was textbook, I believe together we can make history right now and we should all stand hand in hand with black people against the evils in our nation. Now, for those who may not know, as a member of the charismatic movement slash church growing up in that, as a teenager, I used to heavily watch Rod Parsley, Juanita Bynum. Now, we have whole songs, chants, prayers, faith confessions around everything the devil stole, God giving it back to me. We have sown mm. seeds about everything the enemy took. We're going to snatch it back. We've done all of that. 
So, Rod, I'm confused. You've been telling Black people to give, to give seeds for decades, to snatch back what the devil stole. But now that the devil has been identified, oh, no, uh, we all need to stand in solidarity and we need to do this, whatever. And, you know, I, again, I just, I, I, I'm trying not to ramble. So, you know, and I'm kind of stick with some of my little notes and then we can go from there. A few things hey, I speak, 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 speak from your heart. Say it with your chest, you know. <laughs> so, I, mean, I you find know. it so interesting that all the messages that get received by white evangelicals, that no one received messages of what the actual problem is. Every time they receive a message about racism, it's love, kumbaya, let's stand together. But what about all the things you've been decreeing and declaring? Again, I think he's very similar to Drew Brees. And I think what I saw in him is the same thing that I saw in Drew Brees. And I don't think that white America understands what these things signify to black people because we have to understudy white America. So we are more familiar with white America's cadences and nuances than white America is. We know white America better than they know themselves. And the one thing that he did, several things he did, very similar to Drew Brees. In a nutshell, he refused to break rank. When he was sitting up giving that thing, he had his arms folded. He had that stance. He had that pride in his voice. He had that reprimand of getting back in your place. It's, it's white America deifies anything that's historical. I mean, the forefathers, they weren't even clergy. They weren't, they weren't clergy, but we're spiritualizing them as if they were some prophets. They were businessmen. They were regular, normal men. So when you romanticize and you spiritualize the history of America, which wasn't even spiritual, that's secular and carnal. It's not spiritual at all. And this mm. and it's it's rooted deeply in supremacy. So, you know, they take that pride, they take that nationalism, and they believe that nationalism and pride is holy. And this idea that anything that our ancestors did wrong, that it's not sin. You know, if we speak against what they're saying, we're speaking against something that's spiritual. We really believe that, um, you know, everything that they did is really above above reproach. And I just, again, it's this idea that... Um, you know, another thing that is very um, symbolic of white America that we see a lot is they're fine and they will do everything under the sun until people stop thinking they may be a good person. Mm-hmm. And it is like they fight. They fight to, it's almost like, you know, they can offend black folks really deeply. And as long as we think they're good, they don't care. If they believe that we might start thinking they're not good, they get emotional, they cry, they get upset, and then they come to us for this type of, you know, forgiveness, like we Holy Ghost Jr., instead of going to God, you coming to me, uh, because you want me to, you want to get from me what you need spiritually to restore yourself to feeling good again, instead of going to God. Frankly, I'm tired of giving it to him. I think we got to stand our ground with where if we're offended, we say it, we move on and be done. But I, I, exactly. I, got, a, I got a lot. I'm a, I'm a well, exactly. Well, no, no I'm going to add on to that because honestly, you know, where I'm at is I don't want your I'm sorry because mm-hmm. that's only trying to please my ears and soothe my ears and lower my guard, you know, and it's time out for that. At this point, we have to be wise as a serpent. I didn't say be one. Yes. I said wise as a serpent. There's a difference. 
and harmless as a dove. Now, the thing is, is that, you know, we don't want to get caught up in that, uh, in that web of, um, hatred and bigotry ourselves, you know, because the thing, the thing with black people, man, we have to be, and I got to be honest and straight up, straightforward with it. The thing that we hate the most, you know, is people, you know, misusing us and, and harassing us, but we can, if we're not careful, we can become the very thing that we, that we hate, you know? And so I don't want that to be, uh, my, my, um, my burden or where I fail, you know, I, I fight that daily, you know, because I mean, as Adrian has already put it, it's almost brown liquor day every day. You know what I'm saying? I mean, in these days and times, especially since this pandemic, hey man, man, sometimes, you know, the old call won't allow me to do it. But no, uh, being being honest with you, it's just that, uh, you know, when when you got these pastors to get up there and spit this out, you know, basically saying, hey, you know, they they forget, you know, they uh, they free their slaves uh, either in their lifetime or at the end of their death. I mean, what hell? I mean, the the dude could walk. I mean, you know, I ain't gonna cuss yet, but I mean, I mean, he, he couldn't, he couldn't even, <laughs> he couldn't even pick cotton. Like, I mean, you couldn't get anything out of him at that point. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then if you did free him, where were they going? Gonna where were they going? I mean, because society wasn't ready for him, unless you know you were it's supremely up north. Even if you were in New York and in Philadelphia, they had bounty hunters to come and track you if you fled from the south. I mean, so, I mean, man, we really never were free. I don't care what no, you say. We were never Just free. like 12 Years a Slave, that movie came out based upon true story and history. I mean, man was free. Slavery but moved into the shadows and disguised itself, reinvented itself as Jim Crow. Thank you. There we go. We I mean, so... Exactly. So for him to get up there and just say what he said, oh, you know, he made his apology. Okay, you know, I'll I'll accept it, but you know what you say and what you do, you know, now you you got to lead. You can't just get up there and make this this statement and and you know, it wasn't even on a grand stage like he like he did that manifesto uh a few days before. I mean, he made that a manifesto. I mean, it was you had the music going and and everything. I'm like, "Oh, okay. I was looking for Well, uh, that was a you to know. me that was a clarion call to white American supporters and conservatives to say, "Now, I know I passed these black folks, but don't get it twisted. I'm going to get them in line." That whole stance <laughs> was a that whole thing that arms folded, I'm not going to break rank again. I can compare it to Drew Brees. The issue they had with Drew Brees comment, he was so angry. I, you know, about the whole, uh, the most disrespectful thing or whatever he said about the flag. It wasn't just what you said; it's how you said it. It is that code that you speak in there. You say, you know, well, I mean, there's not a racist bone in my body, and I stand with you. But and you throw something in there that is a coded uh, phrase to let people know that you haven't broken rank. Hey, I'm going to tell you, it's like, um, you know, I listen a lot to uh, uh, Bomani Jones and everything. And he said, basically, Drew Brees was on autopilot. He was just saying all the rhetoric he had said before where it was all good, you know, because I mean, I mean, he said that very same thing years before and got thunderous applause for it. So he just ran with the script, you know, 
And that's the thing. This man shot off from the hip and ran with, with the script. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and it would have, it would have flew with flying colors three, four years ago. It would have, it would have, but now the, the, the shift has been made. And I don't think people understand how much power we have right now, especially when we have the momentum of uh, other races joining us in this fight, because they're just seeing it. It's just wrong. If you really wanted to make a difference in the 60s, prove it now, because, I mean, we're basically in the same thing. We just don't have water hydrants and fire hoses uh, uh, dashing people yet. That's the only difference. Not yet. yet. That's the only difference. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but it's there. You, you're finding people getting hung out here, and, and and I think there was one more today, Adrian, uh, yeah, in the Houston. Houston. Yeah, the, okay. the Houston was, there was, I mentioned. Man, the, there was one in New York yeah. yesterday. And okay. there was a so, writer in L.A. that, that um, a woman, she was a TV writer, and she was 39 years old, and she was, and they didn't release her cause of death for like several days, and then yesterday it turned out that she also um, was hung. So, you know, again, um, clarion calls well, for racist initiation type things. Uh, it's just like the man that went to New York with the machete to kill black people, but targeted homeless ones. You know, I, I it's it's a I think this idea that we're post racial, we are anything oh, but. And when you hear somebody say that, you already know where their head is. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you would. Like people think when they're telling you they're post-racial, you're gonna take that as oh, that means you're with us or something. And it's like no, that means you're a denialist. You're just a you're you're, you're you want to deny everything, and um and you're you're a denier. You probably don't think the Holocaust happened. You're probably that person. Uh, and and my thing about Rod Parsley, and I'm not like Nikki. I, I was gonna make some points, but every time I tried to write some down, I would get angry. <laughs> and and so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go off the top like Eminem on 8 Mile and we'll just figure this out. But my first thing about Rod Parsley is for the longest this dude was this dude was the him and there there are two that I've never been thrilled with. Rod Parsley and Jesse Duplantis because yeah. they both get up there with their black scent and, black face. Yeah, like Rod Parsley black for the face. longest had a had the black scent going. Like Jesse Duplantis, not as severe as Jesse Duplantis, because Jesse Duplantis um, thinks you know he he's got like that mix of of brother. Cajun. Yeah, he he he's tried. He's really, but you can tell he's really trying to to sound black. Rod Parsley, <laughs> Rod Parsley had a black scent for the longest, and would get up there in a Steve Harvey suit and like <laughs> tell. Like, like, just do his best, like, black preacher thing. And most of the time, I would just be wa- watching him like, is this dude ever going to crack open a Bible? And then I just really was never that nuts about him. There, there, there are a few that I just have, you know, I was like, I don't yeah. like this dude already, so I'm just not going to watch him. And then so the thing that struck me immediately, like, I was like, why does that suit only have a few buttons? Um... Cause I looked at that first. I was like, that's, that's not a Rod Parsley suit. I was like, I was like, a Rod Parsley suit has no less than four or five buttons. And, and so, Oh my God. That's, that's how I already knew something was amiss. And, and then I was like, it was, it was black and white. 
and it was dramatic. The things you guys noticed were things I noticed. I was like, this fool is standing up here like the Emperor in Star Wars, and he's got his arms folded, and it's black and white, and and then this music. Where yeah. you know, I looked, at, I'm like, where the, where the hell the music come from? Like, what? Oh my damn! Like, what's happening now? <laughs> and then the music comes, and then this is before, and then he opened his mouth, and then my level of doneness went from zero to nine million in in like sixty seconds because he's like to my 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 black brothers and my Latino brother. He might say Hispanic. I don't know. Uh my Hispanic brothers and my Asian brothers. And then he pouts it off and like, and even my white brothers. I was like, wait a minute. And even, yeah, and even it was like, it was for us. It was the, yeah, it was, it was for us. cracking on us. Yeah, here you go with the <laughs> and even. And now I don't know about y'all, but I haven't choked anybody out lately. So my thing is <laughs> like so you 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 and then we need to release the hate. Like say, man, uh, I think we're kind of the ones on the receiving end of hate. Like so. <laughs> I don't know why this is an admonishment for everyone. How about you talk to the haters? Like, how about mm. this? How about this word? This dramatically overproduced uh, word with with good lighting and dramatic music. How about you take this word and and you deliver it to the people right now that mm-hmm. are, that are that are the most hateful. Like, yeah, um, because I'm not. I don't make it my goal every day to send out a thousand tweets. Donald Trump has tweeted, and this was like in March, I think, 4,744 times or something like that, 754 times. My God. Um, that's how he this, he go to work. this year, yeah, yeah. I don't, and, and I don't know when you get that much time to tweet. I don't know if well, he has well. irritable bowel syndrome and he can spend <laughs> that much time on the toilet and, and like, I don't know when you have this much time to do this and still be like president. Well, but, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, Adrian. Uh, uh, to be messy, I, I heard a little rumor or saw a rumor today about Melania sleeping in separate rooms. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I so, you know, they probably been doing. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, 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 you know, when all you do is tweet, they don't, even, they don't even touch like they touch. Yeah, that's you know, they don't touch each other as if they touch. They don't well, even seem like, like they, they like each other. With each other. Yeah, they don't exactly. They don't act as if they like each other. They don't even act as if they're friends. They don't even act as like that coworker that you really don't fool with after the meeting. They don't even act like that. Yeah, they have and, more space between. Them. It's ridiculous. And the well, thing, I'm not gonna lie, I, like I, I'm not having his best it. interest in mind with that. I'm no, I, I am being petty. I am oh, being yeah, messy. So I mean, <laughs> so I'm gonna stop there. Looking like she needs to blink twice. Like, yeah, <laughs> this was not what she really signed up for, but she's in America now, so right. Like if there was some, if there was some dirt for her to draw a message in, like for somebody to get, just like help me, like, but like I, I just the whole time I'm watching that, and then so he I'll, I'll skip because I could I could go through this whole thing and just get angrier and angrier until I punch a hole in my wall, and I don't want to do that because that's work, but like then he had the nerve to be like, so everybody had flaws. I'm like no no. Like a flaw right. is like a flaw is like a loose thread in a shirt you just bought. That's a flaw. Right. It's like oh, mm-hmm. that's, that's like what you get from Marshalls. You get a flaw. You know, oh, there's a little. <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit of that thread is that thread is loose. That's a flaw. I thought, I thought that was Ross. 
Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like slavery is not a flaw. Slavery is an no. egregious, heinous act. Yeah. He's like all of our and then so then when he dropped the, the same line that y'all hit on, the they released them after during or upon their death. I'm like, well, that's that's not impressive. That's not that's not a pl- <laughs> don't don't Again. say that to me yes. and then couch it as a plus. Don't couch that's like yes. me. That's like me, um, somebody being like, Well, I I I went to I, I I ate this burrito and then I threw it I threw it away after I was I released it after I was finished eating the burrito. Cause I mm. threw I threw the wrapper in the trash. Uh, that's like that's like saying that's like saying, you know, somebody beat up their wife and um instead of them going to jail, it's like, well, he didn't kill her, he didn't choke her out. Yeah, he, he yeah, yeah. She just she got a couple of bruises. Like I mean, man, I keep I keep saying they sound like spousal spousal uh abuse victims. Well, well, he didn't mean it. He didn't mean no harm. I was like, why are we why are we telling us to release the hate? But then you're telling us that the founding fathers it was a flaw. And then you all see my voice is getting high. And then you also tell us that and some most of them released their slaves after so. So that makes it okay. They like you and, use and them then, up, and then you release yes. them after you did. So most of their life, they were slaves, unless they had a master who got sick early and died. So you're saying that the 50, 60 years because people had lower life expectancy, but so they had to serve for fifty or sixty years, but and then they were released. Calling me stupid. That's, you're yeah. telling me that I'm arguing with you, or that I'm upset about slavery. You're skipping all the way past. Oh. You are jumping. You're you jumping all the way oh. past police brutality, which people in your congregation clearly are dealing with. You can't say they aren't. You're skipping past all mm-hmm. of that unfair mm-hmm. hiring practices, un- no promotion, no right to vote, voting, loans, all vote, voter suppression, voter suppression. You're skipping past all violence, of that. just and straight up violence. Yeah. yeah. George Floyd, and you're going. All the way back to slavery. That yeah. is one of the massive gaslights or gaps uh, that have been ingrained into white American, um, you know, that subculture mentality, that that states' rights mentality. That it's a nobody rides on slaves. You know, yeah, uh, you it was just like about reparations or something. That's the first yeah. thing people talk about. We not even talk about. We don't even have to go to the slaves. Let's go to the eighties and let's yeah, talk let's, about all let's the talk about crack. Let's talk about just dropping crack in the middle of the neighborhood. Let's talk about Let's... black folk in like Baytown. My own parents denied loans in particular areas that were basically predominantly white and yeah. totally encouraged that we'll finance you here. Even though you can afford this in country yeah. club, it's okay. That's not really the best place for you, Mr. Alexander. We'll finance. We'd be better off in Decker Terry. So we'll finance you over there. Exactly. Let's talk about. Let's, let's go there. Let's talk about subprime loans before the big fall. Black people getting subprime loans when they could, when they their credit suggested that they could get a regular loan. Come on now, like let's talk about yeah. let's talk about like I said, the crack dropped in the middle of the neighbor black neighborhoods in the eighties, and then let's just just now that we got crack in there, let's sprinkle some guns in there too. Let's 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 throw some guns in the neighborhoods too, and let's see what happens. Let's mix that up. Let's talk about his. Let's talk about Reagan's because because Reagan sure gets a, a big pass on being the the flaming racist, the raging racist that he was. So mm-hmm. let's let's talk about his discussion with Lee Atwater, where Lee Atwater was telling him how he could code his language so that when he went when he got up there, he said, you can't say N word, but you can say this. 
You can't say, let, you know, it, there's so many instances where it's like, let's, let's talk about the only time the NRA was ever in favor of gun control is when the Black Panthers had guns. Exactly. You know, like exactly. Just, just like, I mean, like, we just skipping past all the oh, yeah. things that people actually live through. And that's the thing that gets me. The only time I can accept that when they went alive had slaves, I'd accept that from somebody age 25 and younger. Yeah. Because I can see how they potentially could be sheltered enough where they would feel that that is that they can buy into that gas. Like the rest of you have made conscious decisions and conscious choices to ignore to it, disregard and ignore what you know black and brown Americans are saying is true. And that is my thing. If you can look at something in the face and you still can tell yourself, yeah, they're just whatever. Yeah, that's, that's sensitive. That's a, that's a problem. That's a problem. And you know, um, and we know that it's we know that it is a conscious choice because every time we see like a Jane Elliott experience or something like that, the minute you ask someone do they want to trade places with black folks, they're quiet. They don't want to because they know how we're treated. Well, I'm gonna tell you, Nikki, the the way I'm looking at it right now, <laughs> anytime uh a uh, uh, a pastor, evangelist Bishop, Pope, Cardinal, doesn't matter. They get up there and make these statements about coming together, okay? And, uh, but they don't address what the source of the issue is, mm-hmm. okay, for us to heal. I look at it like a wish sandwich. Y'all ever had a wish sandwich? Wish you had I, wish, I wish there was some damn meat in between these two pieces <laughs> of bread, okay? That's the way I look at it. You just slapping two, big, two, two wonder white pieces of bread uh, together and ain't got nothing in between it but, but air. Okay, Uh, I mean, so that's the way I'm looking at it. When you just sit up there talk about let's come together, well, come together and do what? 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 What's the purpose of this? You don't respect me enough to take me seriously enough to realize that I have the knowledge that you just of of everything you just skipped. That that everything, and then I was even mad at the lower production value of the of the of the apology. I was like, what? What? No black background? No anti Steve Harvey suit? No, Man, two, um, two minutes and 30 seconds. Like, no music? Where is, where is the music? Like, bring the music back. Bring, you yeah. know, where's the yeah. music? You're going to sit here, you're just going to plop down in front of the, on the recliner and tell somebody to turn the phone sideways? Right. And then that's what we get? Like, the, the, I, want the, I wanted the apology. As a matter of fact, I wanted special effects in the apology. I wanted to see some fireworks. I wanted to see, like, maybe a laser beam or two. Um, like, I wanted to see him maybe leap the apology. Uh, you know, leap over an apology on a motorcycle. I needed to see something that that told me that the apology was going to be as grandiose as that 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 steaming turd of a speech he gave the previous time. Mm-hmm. Right. It just Ooh. was, you know, I was already done with him, and I just think again, you know, I mean, I got a few years ago. I mean, I was really, really done with um. Just again, black facing. It's a, uh, it's that minstrel. It is mm. that, um, you know, this pandering and this, um, this entertaining that is done. And and in all honesty, like what I would see in within the church uh, circuit is I would see people um, who, and I think that happened the first time I went to go see Paula White. I was pregnant with my son in two thousand one. And I went to Woman Dollar Loose in New Orleans. It's a Superdome. And her and her husband, Randy, were there preaching. And um, 
I was trying to listen for, you know, theological soundness and always try to get something out of the word. And I remember she had all these props, like everybody in the Superdome got like this cup because she was doing this thing like fill it up dip it in god you know god is like it's like a cup fill it up fill my cup lord and you know we were doing all this stuff and i remember her husband like they they uh she was preaching and it was like she came i mean she came and she showed out she was like you know she just was doing all the hooping and howling and then she did this one thing she was like boy you better preach this thing while i such and such and then she threw the mic to him and then he he tag team in and she was on the side bucking and shouting and the whole time i'm like she hasn't preached like, she hasn't said a thing she, yeah she hasn't said she a hasn't thing said anything. <laughs> she's just gotten up here and and i already have had an issue with already at that time especially I needed, I followed Dr. Price and I belong to New Light Church in Houston with Dr. Hillier. So I am very much a you have to instruct me kind of person. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'm listening for point A, B, C, one, mm-hmm. two, three. Um, all of that additional churchanity and hooping and hollering, I yeah. already have a low tolerance for it. So at mm-hmm. that point, I was just like, I could not handle how we were behaving in there. Well, we used to go to OCBF. And that was too much for me. Yeah, we used to go to we used to go to OCBF, and I was the same way. I was I, when yeah. somebody doesn't have no points, I'm like, but but Pastor Evans always had points. Like it's it's like I need. I'm trying I mean, to don't learn. get me wrong, man. I, I I like a little fire and brimstone and a little Pentecostal in the in the church, but uh, again, it's got you got to have some substance, man. You got to have substance. The way that and, all of you know, these women clown. I mean, I'm talking about dancing the out. I mean, nah, you know, nah. oh, she said that, and I'm like, what did she say? She didn't say yeah. anything, and it was upsetting to me because I was like, you know, now I see us critique and be critical. The same same women who I would see be critical of other black ministers that come to our church or, well, they not really once they came to New Life. We really didn't have to came there, but like black ministers within the circuit who would be critical of them. I saw these same women get hyped because that white woman preaching. And mm. it was like, it just, it would, it, it, it put me in the frame of mind at that time where it was like, okay, you know, culturally I've always seen how, for us, if somebody act like they got a little rhythm, I got a little anything. Oh yeah, we totally gonna give them cool points. To them into you know, and I'm not saying that I'm against that. I'm just saying I know that culturally, you know, culturally with the with the amount of abandonment that we have, we have um and rejection that we've experienced, I can see that it is totally you know um in our nature to embrace people and not reject them, but just that um. I think at that time, too, in my life and at that age, it was like, okay, we accept anyone, but they don't return it. We can't, mm. we can't mm-hmm. perform our way into being fully accepted. And I, and I think um, in my life as well, being on that fringe, being that exceptional Negro who had, by default, a lot of, um, unfortunately, a lot of Caucasian friends because of where I would be placed as being exceptional, and then just having to deal with sometimes that lack of um that lack of be, that you know not being fully accepted there no matter mm-hmm. what you do and then seeing that replicated in other areas in the world I had a very difficult time dealing with so at that time I think I rejected most black facing ministers I did follow Jesse Duplantis and Mike Murdoch who uh 
but I, I did reject most black facing menaces because I just could not handle the performances and all of that. Um, you know. Well, I, I my have- my thing is is you can you can you know it's it's okay in most of these churches where they'll accept the black face, like you say, your black face is not opposing to them, but when your voice is being made. You know, that's when you start to see, oh, no, no, wait a minute. Uh, you know, he uppity. Uh, <laughs> he vocal, you know. I mean, you, you'll, get, you'll get labeled real quick if you mm-hmm. can speak up for yourself. And, you know, uh, it's very rare uh, when they don't look at you that way. But, I mean, you can't help but to wonder how um, some of these churches uh, address you outside of, you know, when you outside the church walls and not before them. I mean, and that's the thing. I don't care about what you say. I care about what you do and it should be in your actions. And let me tell you, your congregation will tell on you uh, the leadership of every church. You will know what the leader is like. Okay. By the actions of that congregation. I promise you. I promise you, if you look at the overall consensus of how they behave and how they get down and how they operate, Mm -hmm. okay, that comes straight down from the pastors, the preachers of the of the of these of these churches. So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, if we don't, you know, get back into the greatest commandment, which is love, uh, you know, then you can't you can't even start to teach on diversity. If we can't preach love and we can't actually uh, love, you know, because love is an action, you know, it, you know, it's, it's, it's not just a, a word. It's, it's an action. Um, and so this is the way that we can, you know, enable our churches and, and begin to model our faith uh, back into the into these churches. Man, these people don't have faith anymore, man. Like I said, they're in their corners. Trump, when he came in, man, people got in their corners because I'm going to tell you what. Most black people that voted for uh, for Obama, you know, we saw how they treated him for eight years. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just flat out. You know, they're going to tell you it wasn't because he was black. They all will tell you this, but none of them will give you a policy or what it was that really made them turn off from Obama. You'll start to hear things that they heard from Fox, Rush Limbaugh, these type of uh, right wing uh, uh platforms uh well well he's a muslim and i'm sitting here like no wait a minute <clears throat> let, let me tell you something man if a muslim is going into the ame church to get prayed for by bishops you you show me a muslim that's doing that okay and, and then, you know, and then they other, send a, yeah go ahead no i was just saying you know my other thing about that too was that like every like we are we are asked like i said to jump through so many hoops to understand what trump meant as opposed to what we heard come out of his mouth. And mm-hmm. I remember, I remember it. So it, it, it broke my heart that he kind of had to create that separation. They said that it also broke Jeremiah Wright's heart too, but I've seen, I, I saw that whole, that whole message or a good portion of that message that Jeremiah Wright preached that mm-hmm. came, that really came under fire when yeah. Obama. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And basically it was a, a chickens coming home to roost sure message. Was. It was, we have done some things that are terrible as a, as a country. We've done some things to other countries that are terrible as a country. We've done some things that pundits will admit that are terrible, that have, not, that have 
done irreparable damage to 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 the the, the political um, you know activities in certain countries, and that was basically the crux of Jeremiah Wright's speech that one day we're going to see yeah yeah it's gonna yeah it's gonna be and 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 then they made such a huge deal out of it they forced the obamas basically to cut ties to to publicly Mm -hmm. say they had to cut ties exactly disavow and 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 that that broke my heart that he did but i i mean not that you know who, who who knows what we would do in that same situation as as politicians but i remember that broke my heart that it was a, a, an issue because especially now when you look back at it, how many things we've had to, we've had to like, we've had to like be told like, well, I, I remember when, when Trump made the shithole country speech or, or yeah. statement yeah. And, and it was, and why can't we get, what was it? Sweden and Norway. Why can't we get more immigrants from those countries after he mentioned Haiti and yep. a bunch of countries in Africa. And um, I remember somebody, was, well, Adrian. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, well, Adrian, <laughs> yeah, those, yeah. I remember some dudes like, well, you know, those countries are kind of shitholes. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. So we're, we're, we're going to, we're, we're not going to acknowledge any of the colonialism that happened in Africa. We're not going to acknowledge that. We're not going to mm-hmm. acknowledge that, that people have basically been stripping, going to African. Hated. Yeah, just, yeah. We're, yeah, we're not going to acknowledge. And we probably, I think we brushed, the, we brushed on this last week too, but just every time I think about it, we're not going to talk about what the United States did to Haiti. What the United States has done to, uh, like, I, you know, I just like absorb a lot of this history, especially lately. Like, I just, and, and we won't talk about how the British, the reason, like, mm-hmm. and this, this, this is the thing that um, I was talking about the other day with, uh, after listening to one of my favorite, uh, Nicole Hannah Jones. Like, I love Nicole Hannah Jones. And, and she, this was one of her points that she was like, she's a writer for the New York Times. And, and she, you, you guys got to check out the 1619 Project, New York Times, and check out the podcast, 1619. It's like brilliant. Okay. And, and um, she was saying, like, like, you know, we always, we tend to start with the Civil War when we talk about just how bad things were for black people or, or where we, we kind of start with slavery in that period, like right before we're emancipated, when people tend to talk about how the disenfranchisement of black mm-hmm. people began or when we when people try to make points about how um how what what because people like to even with the worst part of u.s history they like to pick what parts people actually acknowledge so when it comes to the civil war people like to or, or when it comes to the south people like to acknowledge that part about the south and oh the south and it's really the south yada 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 in this period um of of times where black people were really done wrong and done dirty and how slavery, this is when slavery was at its peak and, and all this. But the thing about slavery and the thing about racism in general and white supremacy in general is that the very tenets that our, our, our country, the very tenets that our country is founded on are mm-hmm. all like racism is Yes. The the it's the foundation. Racism. Yes, it is. It is. Slavery is the foundation. It is. It it's is. not it's not just a piece. It's not this weird little offshoot piece that happened. It's not it's this inconvenient. Yeah, it really is. It's built into the US it is and the, built into us. And we maybe and the and the thing she said, and she said this was a thing that with a lot of people, I got a lot of brushback on this. Historians know this to be true, that the um that that the the founding fathers that we might not have been a country 
had not slavery been driving our economy the way it was. Because mm-hmm. the British, the British had begun to back off of slavery because it was not economically feasible for them to keep it going because a lot of the British slave trade was based around the West Indies and the, in the West Indies, slaves were revolting all the time. So yeah. the, the slaves revolted so much that it was actually hurting the British to keep trying to practice slavery. Costing too much. Yeah, it was just costing them too much. But in America, our economy by that time was built around slavery and our and the fact that slavery was such an integral was was based not just an integral part it was the economy was what gave the the founding fathers the economic ability to fight Man, the, the, the exactly. revolutionary war and, exactly. and so it, it our country the reason we one of the reasons we are a country because people ignore the fact that the, a lot of the founding fathers were Southerners who owned slaves. George Washington was from Virginia, you know. Yep. Thomas Jefferson, Virginia. Like you had, they, they're, they're Southerners. Oh, they are, Tom, they are Thomas part. Jefferson not only had them, he yeah, had he children. He had, had babies Thank with them. He was, you know, I mean, come on. So yeah, so it, it's it, it's not just that it was a piece. Of, it is the history. It is the like we're not a country without it. Listen, we're, we are one of the know, most inf- influential races on the face of this earth yes okay yeah. you cannot this is not up for debate sir Even, i mean we like, built the white house man many of the streets you are on today with brick in them right now yeah, yeah. slaves built that slaves built that so okay? we're not i'm a- just i'm just letting you know so listen man we have been in every war okay in in the uh united states before it began even you know, in the Revolutionary War, we were, yeah. we were in that war. We may not have been utilized correctly, taught anything, but I'm going to tell you, George Washington didn't want us. He, we, he, didn't, he didn't think we was capable of handling a, a gun or weaponry, but when the British started offering our uh, freedom <laughs> and he caught word of that, uh-huh. all of a sudden he was like, oh, oh, oh okay, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, y'all, y'all can put on these blue coats. You Another know, I mean, thing. <laughs> that'll make a lot of these races throw up in their mouth is that we won the civil war come on man like, because because when people when a lot of the the union soldiers there were several union soldiers that found out why they were fighting and they didn't want to fight anymore they didn't want that to be a thing so yeah. they yeah. had to recruit black soldiers to fight for their own freedom man all like, this man i don't know what the next topic is going to be Man, I, I, I really want to dig into reparations uh, on, on a separate subject. I know we got we got several hot hot Ooh, buttons to hit. Um, I've, I've heard <laughs> I've heard some things, uh, some things that actually made sense, um, which I'm not going to get into on this podcast. But man, uh, reparations is is de- I mean, look, listen, Oprah had a, a some some little special. Where do we go from here? Where do we go from now? Uh, you know, from from here or now, where do we go? What's what's the plan? You know, because at this point, we we've been woke. It we just needed other people to catch up. Wait, now, my thing, my thing is, is I mean, if you look, if you're going to vote for somebody, Trump, Biden, whoever, at least have some real substance and some real uh, um, um, points that you can make without. You know, throwing out uh, uh, name calling and, and words, uh, rhetoric and words that, you know, that you heard off of a, um, a all the way left platform or 
all the way right platform. You people cannot think for themselves. And I'm getting god dang tired of people calling each other snowflakes and all this kind of stuff. And and they the most sensitive asses out there. I mean, yeah, it, it's most. ridiculous. The most sensitive people is the one that will call somebody a snowflake. But as soon as you start calling them something, they oh. can't handle it. I hurt. mean, lose it. Hurt. Feelings hurt. And it's Ass like, no, wait a minute. Feelings. Stop calling. Stop calling people names, man. I mean, come on. We can't we can't talk. What's yeah, going on? Can we conversate? Conversate. Not not arguing, fighting, cussing, fuss. What is that doing? Doing. I, I think we can. I think we can conversate. Many of us can. I know some that are tired, but many of us can. The issue is that I think the there's so many who think that the suggestion of anything different when it comes to black folk alone, because they don't do it for any other any other group, any oh, immigrant no. groups or anything else. If it's anything, and you know, when it comes to that subject of black folks in the United States. The anger and the vitriol that oh. rises up, the offense that people feel, you know, that white America actually believes it is an offense and an affront to who they are. Yeah. That comes from somewhere. We're America's and inconvenient think, truth. Yeah. And until that, you know, even even um even on this note, I've noticed that, you know, a lot of times we, we think that a lot of other cultures are rude. You know, Germans are kind of rude, uh, you mm-hmm. know. We think that people in the UK are rude. We think Africans are rude. Uh, chi- the Chinese, we believe they're uncouth. Well, that's because they don't they don't have anything to lie about. They don't have a such thing called political correctness. See, we created being politically correct because the reality is that we've created an entire culture around avoiding being avoiding supremacy, being called out for what it is. Right. Exactly. So, that I mean, that, and that is, and now, now over the the decades, and at this point, even a century, it has evolved to something else. But it has always been, our culture has always been predicated on let's call something what it, but let's make whatever it is that's ugly, let's make it pretty and nice with what we say, so that it can't be really the real truth. And you know, um, and now that's ingrained in our society. We we are committed to that in our society. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And we got to yeah. get to that, Nikki. Bottom line, we got to get to that. So I don't know, Whew. man. We spent a lot of real talk <laughs> in this in this session, man. And 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 for the listeners out there, like I said, give us feedback. Let us know what are your thoughts on these on these matters. I mean, it's you know, listen, I, we know that we can't be the only ones that feel this way and and we and if we missed anything let us know i mean shoot we we don't mind divulging on these on 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 these things you know if it's something that we didn't think of in the uh in the heat of battle here it, uh you know it, maybe we'll expand on it uh on the next go round but uh adrian did you have any last words you want to say i can't uh but y'all know in our private conversations uh what i said about rod parsley so <laughs> <laughs> and y'all saw my post. So. <laughs> y'all know. Oh, I feel. Well, uh, y'all well, know. maybe maybe that'll be Nikki's hot take on on the next go round. We'll see. That's that's if that's if uh another food chain doesn't go out there and 
say something crazy and then backpedal the very next day. So it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. (laughs) I mean, man, they're giving us something, man, every week. I can't keep up every day. But I just want to say, (laughs) I want to say, let's let each one reach out to teach one, man, and 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 let's do that. This is strange fruit uh, that you've been listening to. We thank you for listening. Have a good night. All right. Good night.